at law school, corporate clerkship recruitment is considered especially heinous. Some of the dedicated lawyers who have survived this vicious process are members of an elite squad known as Allens. These are their stories. Hi, everyone. I'm Geneva. And I'm Rosanna. And this is Alan's Confidential. We are both junior lawyers in the competition team and we are bringing you our podcast again to give you a bit more insight into Alan's, our culture and the people that we work with. All sensational. (laughs) Today, we are lucky to have two partners joining us. First of all, we've got Ian McGill, who's been a partner in our technology, media and telecommunications team for longer than he will care to admit. Um, (laughs) And also Simon Soljo, who's a partner in our Fund Super and Wealth team and was uh, made a partner only in July 2018 this year, and he's one of our fun and fresh new faces. And has two of the best junior lawyers working for him. Oh, yeah, that's us. That's us. So let's get straight into it. So we thought we'd start, which we often do with our guests, by asking if you have a favourite podcast because part of the reason we're doing this podcast is because we have many favorite podcasts and are always looking for recommendations. Although clearly it'll be after this will be your new favorite podcast, but then yeah, what comes this second is compulsory. to this? Yeah. <laughs> well, Simon, why don't you kick off? I can kick off. I um, am a regular listener to podcasts on my commute and when I go to the supermarket and that sort of thing. It's always good to have something playing in the years. Um, I, I actually quite like conversational podcasts, so this is right up my alley, although usually the ones I listen to um, interview – well, I like conversations on Radio National um, and they interview really interesting people who do really interesting things, not – Commercial law, usually. It's usually. Interesting people. So, Richard Feidler now, the third best podcast interviewer after. Yeah, Richard Feidler. So, Richard Feidler (laughs) is your benchmark today. I actually did Um, listen to some of his podcasts in preparation for this and found it a little bit depressing. (laughs) (laughs) So, he's terrific. And I also like The Philosopher's Zone on ABC. So, if if I'm feeling like a philosophical topic, I'll get that on. Some solid Australian recommendations yeah. made there. Yeah. Well, look, I'm 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 also going to put a little vote in for Richard Feidler. I think um, I really enjoy his uh, conversations. I think because he's a great listener, you notice that he um, he has his plan, but he he goes with the interview, and it's it's wonderful. He's one of the uh, he's very very good, but. So I'm a bit despondent at the moment about what's going on in the world and um, particularly what's going on in the United States of America. I shouldn't be political, but what I do do to centre myself is I listen to uh, the New Yorker uh, podcasts on politics and um, that helps to centre me because it gives me some confirmation that there are still sensible people in the United States of America. Well, that's fair. Sometimes we need a bit of <laughs> happiness to get yes. us through. Well, I guess we'll kick right on into it. Um, and we thought we'd get to the heart of um, some of the things we've been talking about with students in the recruitment process and that we've been talking about with Lauren, who people might know at Allen's. Um, so there's kind of a, an idea of that Allen's is quite conservative or that we're quite a traditional firm, that there's kind of that reputation. And, you know, Simon, you've come from somewhere else. And so I'm just wondering, in your experience, I mean, did you have that view of Alan's? And since coming here, how have you found your preconceived ideas maybe and versus what what is the reality? So I came to Alan's four and a half years ago and I didn't know anybody at Alan's. So I didn't really have people inside to ask about the firm. So I had a very superficial um, understanding of it. And I have to say, even as recently as that, 
in my mind, it had a bit of a conservative reputation, but I was um, really pleasantly surprised when I came that um, the reality is not like that. Um, in fact, um, I think it's one of the most progressive workplaces um, that I've ever come across. Um, we have a lot of people who um, are really interested in what's happening in the world, um, are really interested in supporting important causes, um, but often they do it in an understated way um, and they do it in a quiet way, which involves using their, their their minds and their legal expertise to support what other people are doing. So, you know, a great example is all of the work we're doing in pro bono work, um, which is often behind the scenes, working with people, using our legal expertise, not necessarily trumpeting ourselves, but you'd be surprised in how many um, um, places and, and the sorts of um, causes where Allens has had a role in supporting the work people do. Yes, I, I think that's true. I mean, and I know a lot of my colleagues, even more of a junior level, a lot of us love the, the pro bono side of things and we've all got our sort of matters that are close to our heart. You've had some quite interesting ones, haven't you, Geneva? Well, I had a great one with Ian that was um, based in constitutional law, which I kind of thought, oh, once I come to a commercial firm, that'll be the end of my constitutional law days, but not so, which was good news for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a segue? Well, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Do you okay. want to tell us a bit about this particular matter, Ian? or some No, of the- no, I just wanted to, wanted to say that um, just, you know, picking up on the um, conservatism Point. It's an it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because uh, what what is it about law firms that makes them different? And I think for people who are not lawyers looking into law firms, they all tend to look a bit the same, a bit grey. I would have thought, but it's only when you start working with other law firms or you come into a firm that you get to know it. But um, so Simon joined the firm four and a, four and a half years ago. And I joined it um, 36 and a half years ago. And the firm that I joined then was um, very, very different to the firm that we have today is the truth. And the firm has changed dramatically. And it, and frankly, um, it needed to because Australia has changed over that period. So the firm I joined, all the partners were, uh, I kid you not, Mr. There were no Ms. or there were no female partners in the firm that I joined. Um, and so Australia has changed. The firm has changed. What formality there used to be no longer exists. But also the firm is, I think, uh, much more, much more strongly engaged within, with its community. In a sense, it always was because it's been an Australian law firm for nearly 200 years. It'll turn 200 in 2022. So in a way, you can't last for that long without being engaged, but the firm, because Australia has changed, the people that are coming into the firm are changing it. Um, it's starting to reflect who we are as, as Australians and, um, you know, more strength to its arm for doing that. The other thing, um, I noticed when, um, when I became, um, a bit more involved in the management of the firm was that it was, um, it was a firm that prided itself on the substance of what it did. And it just quietly went around doing the substance of the work that it did, looking after clients and doing great work. But it didn't believe in press releases about what it was doing. So I used to think it was a firm that hid its light under a bushel. And there is an element of 
that to, to some extent even today, though um, I think we're much better at engagement with media and much better at celebrating our successes than we were before. So if, if conservative um, means um, that we're a firm that failed to change with the times, no, we're not conservative. And in a sense, I don't think we ever were. Yeah. I think that, I mean, obviously I've not been at the firm as long, um, but yeah, it hasn't been my experience at all. I felt like I can come to work and be myself and that we're doing really exciting and cutting edge things. Hmm. Um, it's interesting you say come to work and be yourself because actually that's my favorite thing about working here is that everyone and to a certain degree, perhaps too much, knows everything about my life. I come here <laughs> and everyone knows what I did on the weekend and, um, you know, it's it's a place where I can be my whole self all the time. I never have to you know, pretend to be anything that I'm not, which I think is one of the best things about it. And I, in my experience, that's pretty much true for everyone else who works here. And uh, I'm I'm curious if that's also your experience. And I think it's one of the most wonderful things about coming to work every day. That yeah. It's just a bunch of people who yeah, are friends I, I'm and not sure care I, about each I don't other. Sure, I'm sure I don't share as much as you do, Rose. Overshare is potentially the word. But no, I think, I think um, you can be authentically yourself at Allens. It's a, it's a very secure, um, a secure place to be and to work. Um, and it, I think um, Allens has always been a very tolerant, tolerant firm. Um, and um, it's it's prided itself on its diversity over the years, and the you know the the talent that it's taken over the years. I also have to agree that it's a very very friendly place and a place where you know there's really good camaraderie between people, and it's something that once you're at the firm, you um, uh, don't even notice because it's just the way we work. We're so easy with each other, people speak to each other so so easily and people are friendly um and in fact i remember um it may have been my first or second day here ian was the first person uh to introduce himself in the kitchen when i was making myself a cup of tea there was this friendly face who came along and uh, and put his hand out and i almost fell over i've never had somebody introduce themselves Is in the kitchen right? to me that's right i have no recollection of that <laughs> Um, And it's happened several times since. Um, It is the sort of place where if you see somebody in the kitchen you don't recognize on a floor, people will say hello um, and introduce themselves. It might be somebody visiting from another office. It might be a new lawyer who's just started. Um, That's just a little example, I think, of how we interact with each other. Well, I have to say my first day as a clerk, you know, I arrived. I was ready to impress. I was really going to try so hard to do a work. I got no work done because people just kept coming to my office to be like, oh, hi, how are you? Welcome. How are you settling in? How's it all going? And I just did nothing because everyone just wanted to have a chat, which, I mean, I loved. Um, But I think it's, it's a real testament to how friendly people are and that they really want to engage with you. Yeah, it's true. I, look, and and the and that reflects the way um, not in, not only the way we play together and we get on with each other, but it's also the way we work together because there's a really strong um, a strong emphasis on collaboration and teamwork, and the fact that everybody's office is open and um, people go and share share problems with each other, and we get expertise in when we need it from other areas of the firm. And no no person is encouraged to pretend they're an island, and it's part of the culture. It's a part of the culture of the partnership, in a sense, because it's the way we share profit. 
Um, we don't, we don't have an eat what you kill type, um, performance structure. It's a, it's a joint enterprise. So it's a true partnership in that sense. And, um, I, hopefully that is noticed by, um, you know, the, the staff, uh, partners get it. We need to work together. I certainly notice it. One of my favorite matters at the moment is a matter that, um, I'm working on with my team, the competition team, but also with, uh, not you, unfortunately, Ian, but another partner in your team, the technology, media and telecommunications team, which is and quite a difficult one, really. And there's lots of, I think, the corporate teams involved as well on things that I'm not seeing. And back to Simon, you might be on it too. Um, and we're acting for a, a company that has lots of different things that they need help with. And as a result, I'm on the phone to people on different floors all the time, going up and down, visiting them. And I love that, just working with people that, you know, you're not otherwise, you know, see in the next door office. Yeah, so it's a real team effort. On the topic of in the community, um, you both are involved in sort of the non-work aspects of life at Allens. And I was wondering if I could ask you a bit about both your work on the RAP committee and the All-In committee. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Simon, do you want to kick off? I can kick off. Um, I am on the RAP committee, which you mentioned, but I feel like a bit of a fraud on the RAP committee because I'm one of these people who – I'm not. No, Ian's giving me a um, <laughs> a, a look. But um, I'm one of these people who joined the RAP committee because I wanted to be more informed. And I think that there are people on the RAP committee who join for that reason. So mm. we have committees that are really open to everybody. Um, so you can be on a committee just because you're really interested in a topic and you want to be involved in attending events and hearing about the work that the firm is doing, or you can be much more heavily involved actually drafting stuff and yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, I've been involved in All In, which is the Allens LGBTI um, and allies group, uh, which has been around for a long time. It was it was at the firm when I joined, um, which has been terrific. And it really, we're here to support um, uh, people in the firm who identify as LGBTI, and um, quite a lot of our members are allies as well. And there've been obviously lots of issues that have been important for that community, including marriage equality, which the firm was one of the earliest supporters of, public supporter of marriage equality, a couple of years before. The uh, pleb- the what was it? The survey mm. plebiscite. plebiscite. Was it a plebiscite? It was. It was. Yeah. I think a, non-binding. a voluntary non-binding survey of yeah. the Australian population yeah. Yeah. about a very important which conclusively issue. answered the question. Yes. Yes, that's right. So yeah, I've I've been involved with the uh, Reconciliation Action Plan Committee from the very commencement of it, and the reason I got involved was initially, like Simon, I was I was just curious and I wanted to know. Um, about, um, I, I wanted to know about reconciliation and I was very taken by that, um, um, the challenge of closing the gap. And I, I felt as an Australian, um, I, I felt totally ashamed as an Australian that here are we in one of the wealthiest countries in the world with infant mortality, uh, rates and education rates for our indigenous people, um, where the outcomes for them are not the same as the outcomes for us. And so it seemed to me that a great firm ought to be involved in the great issues that Australia has to wrestle with. And we have not, even to this day, successfully closed the gap. We're improving on education outcomes, but health outcomes for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are still, frankly, appalling. So. 
I initially thought, you know, what can a white fella law firm do about this? But then it has dawned on me over the years since I joined that we can actually do a lot. And um, so the the lot that we do, and I'm I'm very proud of of, of the whole of the Australian legal profession. Don't want it's it's not about Allen's here. Thing about a rap is it's about the community of lawyers uh, that are involved in reconciliation. This is not some competitive advantage we seek by having a rap. In fact, the more law firms that have raps, the better we feel about it. But reconciliation for me at Allen's means the practical legal assistance that we can provide through our pro, pro bono practice, for example, uh, to deal with um, um, Indigenous issues. And that's really powerful. And in our latest wrap, we're committing to a much larger, larger percentage of our pro bono work to go to um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander organisations and issues. And the second, so that's a, you know, that's really sort of a ground floor type on the ground assistance. And then, um, we've become quite heavily involved in constitutional recognition, which is a higher level issue, but highly symbolic. And as lawyers, we know that words matter. Words matter and words matter in our constitution. And there is a gap in our constitution and we need to fill it by recognising Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And we need to hear the message of the Uluru Statement from the heart. We need to hear that message and we need to act on it. And Allen's is at the forefront, working with a great number of lawyers around Australia to see if we can hear that call and execute on it. And I'm extremely, extremely proud of the work that we're doing in that area. And if you can't tell, I'm rather committed to it as well. <laughs> I certainly, as a junior lawyer who's um, involved in a in in a few committees, but also the RAP committee, I think it's exciting to me that as part of my job, I can be involved in the advocacy. And I think that we're so lucky as lawyers; it's a privilege to have the voices that we have and the education and skill sets that we do. And so it's fantastic for me to have that buy-in from someone senior who says, "Actually, yes, the whole point of this is that." you have all of this privilege and what you should be doing is opening the door to other people to uh, enjoy that as well because they're the people that know best how to yeah. make a change. I have so, not, because we, not because we can but because we must. I want to change gears because, Ian, you've been promising me a story of your um, starting as a grad or right. interviewing as a grad. You, you have been promising me this story for a while. So yeah. now that you have a microphone in front of you and yeah. we're recording the answer, yeah. it's I'd really love important to hear it. not to overpromise and underdeliver. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, this lots of, you can't have a span of time at a firm like I've had without having some stories. <laughs> and, um, but, I guess this story is just about me not being a summer clerk at Allen's. And the lesson from this story is get prepared for your summer clerk interview. <laughs> um, so I came to Allen's as a graduate and I did interview as a summer clerk at uh, Allen's and I turned up for my interview. And I was interviewed by um, a very senior partner, um, who to my recollection didn't do much legal work. I would just say he was in charge of telephones and getting <laughs> getting equipment procured for the firm. It was a different time. <laughs> anyway, he, he said uh, he said to me, come in, young fellow, and 
why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? And I said, oh, oh well, look, I, I really like sport and um, I play cricket. He goes, oh, you play cricket, do you? And I said, yes, oh, I love cricket. I really do. He said, what do you do? I said, well, I, I, I like to open the batting and I'm a wicketkeeper. And he's, he just looked down and he made a note and he said, I'm the firm's wicketkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my recollection was then the interview went south after that point. <laughs> so <clears throat> the lesson there is I should have prepared, realised, I don't know how I could have researched the fact that my interviewer was the firm's wicketkeeper. That's pretty um, but I'm just, I'd like to say that the only reason I didn't get a summer clerkship at Allen's was because I stuffed up the, um, the answer to that particular question. <laughs> but then I came in via um, a graduate interview and I, I'll, I'll never forget the graduate interview either because <laughs> um, I had the flu and I was in a really shocking, a shocking state, right? You know, really blocked up and, um, and I was cranky. And, um, and I turned up to this interview and I was interviewed by three male partners, two of whom who were smoking cigars and with the flu I walked into this <laughs> smoke-filled room and I was not feeling well. I was in a bad mood and I was cranky and the questions I just gave them short shrift, every one of them. I really wanted to get out of there and I remember walking out and I remember walking out and thinking, oh, you know, there's no way. Just whatever. Whatever. Just I, I wanted to go home. And um, But that afternoon I got a telegram. Telegram. That dates me, <laughs> dates me, and it was a telegram saying that um, interview went terrifically well and um, very pleased to make me an offer. And for many, many years after that, my mum had taped that telegram to the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that lovely? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's funny that your interviews were so memorable, Ian, because actually I will never forget my second interview at Allen's, which was with you. Yes. And um, I left that interview. I have no recollection of that, Rose. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> not, really I'm really not sure what to take from that. But I, I do remember walking out of the interview and um, thinking, oh, no, I didn't cover this and I, oh, I really should have said this and gosh, there are just a lot of things that didn't go right there and walking out onto the train on the way home and go, I really liked Alan's. It's all over. <laughs> and um, uh, luckily ended up here. So thanks. It obviously wasn't so bad. But you, um, the reason I bring that up, A, is because, you know, you never know how it's going to go. Yeah. But B, you've both been pretty heavily involved in the recruitment process um, this year and over time. And I was wondering if you um, wanted to share any stories about what you're most excited about, about the firm and its future and how that the, the process has been for you on the other side of the I table. think it's really exciting interviewing and meeting new candidates and people who will join us as summer clerks and then hopefully as lawyers um, because you just see um, the amazing things that lots of young people are doing um, at university, outside of university. I'm always amazed by how much people can pack into their weeks. Um, uh, often they're working as well as being involved in university societies. They're volunteering, they're traveling, um, they're writing, they're podcasting. There's um, People are doing so much and it's really amazing. 
And so I think when I when I'm involved in the recruitment process, I think um, the firm has a really bright future because there are going to be young people, amazing, talented young people who will want to join us and work with us and become great lawyers. And and so I, it fills me with optimism, unlike mm. our political yeah, situation. I, I, reckon, I, I think optimism <laughs> – yes, unlike that. I'm oh, sorry. I just wanted to make a correction. I do remember interviewing Rose. <laughs> Let's come just, back to I you. was teasing. Yeah, okay. Uh, late saving, late saving. I, I, um, I love interviewing um, uh, because it does um, – and I've done it for a number of years, and I, so um, f- for me, it's an opportunity to reflect on my own firm because I have to th- reflect on it and and present it authentically to people who want to know about it. But so that that is that's always a, a privilege to be able to do that. But it's it's also a privilege to be part of the renewal of your firm because I always think that the person I interview could be. Um, somebody who's going to have a successful career anywhere at all. And you know that old expression, which is um, you should be um, nice to people on the way up because they'll be nice to you when you're on the way down. I always, th- I always think that, you know, you, you, you're, you could be interviewing the future managing partner of Allen's, you know, and this person could have their co- your career in their hands. And, you know, maybe um, it'd be good to remember when you did their second round interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if their name was Rose. Um, so so that, that, that privilege of being able to present your firm um, to the community of graduates, but also to listen to them and ask them about what they're looking for and what they're thinking about and what I always ask them what their perceptions are of us because I'm really interested to know what um, particularly law students are thinking about the law firms and I always try to reassure them that um, whatever they hear about the law firms at law school is probably not accurate and that the best way to get um, information about what really goes on at, at, at all of the firms is to talk to friends of yours who are actually working there, who are sort of on the inside, because I think there's a lot of inaccurate gossip that goes on. Or but, listen to Alan's Confidential. Or oh, Alan's Confidential one. is a but great source. To confirm, there are less cigars now in the interview process. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Fewer cigars. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think it's getting time to wrap it up. Not unlike possibly one of those clerkship interviews where all of a sudden you're kind of like, oh, that was quite a nice conversation. (laughs) Is it really time for that to be finished? What a shame. That's how I feel a bit. But we do have one final question that we'd like to ask you, which is if you could give yourself at the beginning of your career or someone who's applying now a piece of advice, any advice you wish you knew, what would it be? Okay. Well, um, I think the advice I would give is to – Almost deliberately put yourself outside your comfort zone when you, when you join any firm. And the reason for that is to just stretch yourself and to, I mean, to join, um, societies or, um, firm committees, uh, to go looking for work that you're interested in. Just, just put yourself outside your comfort zone and, stretch yourself. And I think that that would be a great way to start a career because you're doing so in an environment of incredible support. People are never going to criticize you if you're out there um, trying to stretch. So that would be my advice. I agree with that. And I think 
um, the attitude to come with is one of curiosity and wanting to learn and learn about what people do, meet to meet people, to explore. Um, I think it's it's great if you've got a favorite subject or if you think you want to be a um, litigator or the next um, great M and A lawyer, but um, the summer clerkship especially is a great opportunity to try other things and try new things and to be really open to um, trying other areas of law because you never know um, what you're going to enjoy. And a lot of a lot of lawyers in the firm have ended up in areas that they've never they never thought about uh, before so true. they joined or yeah. that didn't exist in your case. Ian, what the internet the technology? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I often thought, you know, why, why did I get into TMT? And um, part of it was luck in a way, but part of it was also I deliberately, once I had exposure to it, I then built my career around it by, for example, resigning from the firm to go to the University of Virginia and doing a, a course in communications law. Um, and then, you know, in other words, really focusing my effort in that area and then coming back and building deeper in that area. And um, so going from broadcasting to telecommunications and then then to the internet, um, it's all a natural progression. I'm constantly stretched. Have <laughs> <laughs> to see what comes next. <laughs> yep. Yeah, what does come after the internet? Well, thank you both so much for um, having a chat with us today. I think you had some really interesting insights into the firm and it was great to hear a bit more about your careers. So thank you so much. Such a pleasure. You're welcome. Pleasure. Yeah. Great. You guys are really podcasters with a bullet. <laughs> Getting to the difficult question. Watch out, Richard Feidler, I say. Yeah. That's yeah. right. In trouble. He's number three now. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to the end of another wonderful episode of Alan's Confidential, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it and having a chat with some of the wonderful people that we work with. Uh, don't forget, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Feel free to chuck us a nice review, only nice reviews, please. And, you know, feel free to share it with people if you think they'll get a kick out of it. So we hope you'll listen again soon and we look forward to chatting again.